Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Have You Seen That with T. It is your boy T with another dope pod to step to, and here we go. We have entered June. We are at the halfway point of the year, so this episode, I'm going to give you my best movies of the year so far. So if history serves me correctly, I would say uh, more than half of the movies that I'd have reviewed by this time of last year were still in my top 10 list of movies uh, at the end of the year. And I think at least the top five uh, movies that I have so far will stand the test of time. And some of them are probably going to stay exactly where they are because they were that damn good. Right. So here we are. Um, first, we're just going to talk about some movies that I've reviewed or some movies I've watched this week that I did review um, and some new IPs, some new movies that really just existed. Uh, so, of course, uh, the first movie I watched this week, I've been wanting to watch this for a few weeks now, uh, and it's on uh, streaming right now. It's called To Catch a Killer, uh, starring Shailene Woodley and Ben Mendelsohn uh, about a sniper uh, on New Year's Eve in Philadelphia who just starts shooting people, right? He shoots, I would say about 14 or 15 people uh, from a distance on New Year's night. Everybody's having fun. The fireworks are going off and he just starts popping shots, right? So I can't like, and I like, really like to immerse myself in these movies. And I just thought of my, like, what the hell? Like if you were just partying because there was a pool party in the rooftop of one building, everybody's in the hot tub. And, you know, the guy who's in charge of, you know, he seems like the center of the party gets popped in the head. Right. And it's just like, what would be going through your mind if you're on a rooftop and somebody gets popped at people in their apartments? Guys looking out his window, beautiful, beautiful home, beautiful apartment gets popped. Right. And so this guy's just I mean, just randomly. Right. No rhyme or reason. And he just starts popping people. Uh, the cops uh, and Shailene Woodley plays a, a police officer, a, a regular beat uh, beat cop. And she, you know, responds to the situation. Uh, she goes to the scene. The guy blows up the apartment that he was in. And the feds come get involved and they have no idea who this guy is, where this guy is. You know, they're going through all of these things and they just know he's highly trained. Right. And what does that mean that he's a Navy SEAL or whatever the case may be? Who knows? Right. So Ben Mendelsohn plays the FBI agent. And this movie is not one of those, you know, um, and what I did enjoy about the movie is that it wasn't one of those, you know, all right, there was a mass shooting going on. Let's talk about gun reform. Right. Like that's the nail that could have been pounded into my head, but it wasn't. It was about let's catch this killer. Right. To catch a killer. It's not about the guns. It's about the fact that there is an insane person. Uh, who happens to have this like extremely, you know, they figure out it's like it's World War II era style sniper rifle, which they're not that many made. They're not that many out in circulation. But of course, they have no idea, um, you know, how to find it. And, and of course, you know, they, they figure out that the government, you know, had these weapons. And when they decommissioned the weapons, where did they go? Right. That was the question. Where did they go? Uh, and, you know, that weapon just so happened to found its way into this killer's hands. 
Um, and, you know, throughout the movie, it's a very cerebral movie. It's very slow paced, very brooding. Uh, ben Mendelsohn just broads, right? He emotes this, this like brooding, failing FBI agent. And uh, he does a great role. He does. He does a great job. Shane Lee Woodley is amazing in this movie. Um, you know, it reminded me a lot of Seven. It reminded me a lot of um, that type of movie. Um, Seven really came to mind. Silence of the Lambs kind of came to mind, too, um, because she's really trying to get into the mind of the killer in order to find out who he is. And at the end of the movie, they have this huge stand down and, and, and you know, this this huge standoff and. You know, the killer's reason for doing it, I really don't like when they do this in movies because uh, there's never, it's not that there's never a good reason to just start popping off. Um, his reasoning uh, just sounded very contrived. His re The reasoning for, you know, just going out on these killing, killing sprees, uh, it didn't sound contrived. It just sounded not far-fetched this is it's hard to explain it um unless you see the movie it just i guess it made sense in the context of the movie uh but it just didn't do it for me right and uh the end of the movie ended exactly you know how i thought it was gonna end uh you know how that standoff was gonna end and it was a, it was a solid ending a solid movie um, definitely, if you do get a chance to catch it, hopefully it'll come on a streaming service, you know, other than paying for it to stream it. Um, hopefully it'll come on, you know, HBO Max or Cinemax or, or Showtime or one of those mo one of those movie channels very soon. So you could check it out because I don't think this will be a movie that I would recommend anybody pay for. Uh, but it's definitely a movie I would recommend people to watch. Um, next movie I watched is because... If you ever listen to me talk, if you know me, you know I love a good romantic comedy, right? I love romantic comedies, right? And I also love Priyanka Chopra, uh, Priyanka Chopra jo Jonas. Um, I would watch her drink a glass of milk. I would watch her drink a glass of water. I would just, she could just stand there and just do something normal. She could stand there and write her name and I would watch that for two hours, right? But what I wouldn't do is watch this movie again. So the movie Love Again. <laughs> uh, Priyanka Chona, uh, Chopra Jonas uh, plays a illustrator. Uh, she writes children's books. Um, and her fiancé dies, right? She watches her fiancé get hit in broad daylight by a drunk driver in New York City. And... You know, we cut to three years later, two years later, and, you know, her life is still in shambles because she lost the love of her life. Right. And, and that's where the movie kind of lost me. Right. I thought it was going to be a cute romantic comedy, um, but it was very much a dramedy um, and not a good one, to say the least. Right. So enter uh, Sam Hugan. I think that's how you spe uh, pronounce his last name. Um, he plays a, I don't even, he plays a writer. He plays a, a, a newspaper writer or, or a magazine writer. And, you know, he's come, he's forced to come up with a story about Celine Dion, 
right? He's supposed to write a piece about Celine Dion going on tour again or putting out a new album. And Celine Dion also stars in this movie. And they give him a company cell phone. And I guess the cell phone number happens to be the dead ex-boyfriend or dead ex-fiance's old phone number. And Priyanka Chopra, her character, um, you know, in part of her healing is talking to her fiance through text messages. So she thinks she's texting this, these messages out to a old, you know, dead phone number, which doesn't make any sense in this time, time and age because they don't just get rid of phone numbers, right? <laughs> right. Unless you continue to pay on that phone number, somebody else is going to get that number. And that really just hit me. Why the hell would you do that? Right. Because you should know that you're texting another human being because numbers don't just die in existence. Right. They just don't. Anyways, putting that aside, right, she does that. And this guy is getting these messages and he falls in love with her through these messages. I'm not making this up. Somebody else made this up. They really wrote this as a movie. And I've seen another movie like that, right? I've seen another movie where, but these two people actually in another movie text each other back and forth and they don't know who each other, they, they don't know who they are and they don't want to meet. Um, so I've seen this movie before, but this movie uh, takes it to a very creepy, uh, different type of level with the trying to be cute, trying to remain innocent and loving. And, and I mean, it comes across pretty good. I mean, they both do what they can with the script, but it is just so contrived. It's not like I love romantic comedies, but you can do something different. You can be funny. You can... You know, it's a very hard topic of grief and, and dealing with grief, uh, but it overbears the whole movie. Uh, and maybe that was the intention. Maybe this was, you know, a coping me mechanism for the writer. Um, but it just was too much. And I wanted to I wanted to like this movie so much because I love Priyanka Cho. I watched Quantico and that was one of the worst shows ever produced. But once again, I would watch this woman drink milk. Um, she is that fine. She's I love her voice. I like I love her mannerisms. She's not the greatest actress in the world, but maybe it's just me being me and just enjoying looking at her be her. <laughs> but I would definitely not recommend anybody to watch Love Again. Uh, you can definitely check it out just so you can feel the suffering that I felt as I watched it, uh, but not 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 the reason we're here right that's not the reason we're here the reason we're here is for me to talk about spider-man right the big movie of the week right the movie that everyone came to see and everyone you know tuned in to listen to me talk about and spider-man across the universe is the one of the best movies i've seen uh, not only this year but uh, period uh, one of the best animated movies it kind of reminds me like midway through the movie i kept thinking to myself how is spider-man so great right you got spider-man and batman those are the two greatest movie characters uh that you like superhero characters that's been put on film right you have batman uh, you had all of the Batman live action movies. You have all of the Spider-Man live action movies. And those movies always hit. 
the other superhero movies are hit and miss, right? Like you had the original Captain America, which I really didn't like, but then you had Captain America Winter Soldier. There are very few Spider-Man movies, right? Spider-Man 3 comes to mind uh, with with Tobey Maguire and and and, uh, and and James Franco and, and, and what was the other guy's name from the 70s show? Um, that wasn't a great movie, but that wasn't, worse than venom right that wasn't worse than than morbius that wasn't worse than some of the worst uh you know superhero movies of any genre uh that wasn't worse than the eternals in all honesty um but like i was thinking to myself i said man you know because batman had all of the different batman franchises right you had batman begins batman um uh, Batman, uh, the Dark Knight, I'm sorry, the Dark Knight Returns, you know, uh, Batman 1, 2, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, all of these just wonderful movies that made tons of money. And then you had Batman, the animated series, who just took it to a whole nother level. Batman Mask of the Phantasm is one of the greatest superhero animated movies ever made. And then you have Spider-Man, the Spider-Verse, you know, uh, Spider-Man movies. The first Into the Spider-Verse movie was fantastic. It was like the breath of, breath of fresh air at the movie going uh, at the cinemas that you never knew that you needed, right? It just came out of nowhere. I didn't dig the animation style at first, and then it grew on me, and it just became this amazing movie, right? It was so well written. It was so well done. It has so much heart. It has so much character. And it was a story about a little black boy finding himself, right? This little, little boy who had no place in the world. He found himself. He found his friends. He found his family. He found everything that he needed in order to become great. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse kind of leans into that. But now the story still continues, right? That That's life. Like the, like that's life, right? You found yourself, but hey, the movie's not over. Your story's not over. It's just the beginning of your journey. And across this Spider-Verse is the next part in this journey, right? Miles Morales has a little growth spurt. He's becoming a man. He's 15 years old now. He's doing well in high school, um, but he's trying to juggle the lie, right? The lie of being Spider-Man from his family, the lie of being Spider-Man from, you know, his friends and missing, you know, that extended family he, that he found in the original uh, Spider-Verse movie. And and the way this is done, the way this is told, um, this becomes a lot more of Gwen Stacy's story, Spider-Gwen story as well. And I thought that that was so well. I'm talking about from the very opening of the movie, you could tell this is going to be something different. Um, and I loved it, right? The animation style. I loved it. I loved the dialogue. I loved the, the tension. I loved the, the, the love, the heart of these characters. They really loved each other. Not like in a very romantic loving way, even though that was there because you have these two teenage kids who, who are attracted to each other. But just in a way of like, man, you know, Peter Parker, Jake Johnson does such a great job as the Peter Parker, right? The dad, right? He's the dad of the group and he has his own kid. He has a kid now. And it just there's so much spirit in 
in this story. There's so much heart in this story. It just comes across so well because you want to root for these characters. You want to love these characters. You want to see these characters grow. And you do. Like throughout the movie, you see Miles Morales learning more about himself, more about his family, understanding. And a lot of a lot of this movie uh, dives into parenting, right? So you can tell the story is made. Uh, they're trying to write it for the teenage, you know, crowd. But also the writers are parents themselves. So that comes across in the script as well, right? Miles' parents um, in particular play this huge role in the movie because they're not trying to let their boy go. But at the same time, they understand that he's becoming a man. And at some point, he's going to have to go. His, him and his mother have this very, uh, very unique relationship. And his, him and his father have this very unique, different type of relationship. And it's so refreshing to see that on screen. Um, I love the dialogue between the parents and, and, the, and Miles and the and, uh, you know, the father and Spider-Man have this conversation. What? I mean, just a great, funny movie, funny moments in the movie. Gwen and her father having this very distinctly different relationship where his duty is really pushing him to do different things uh, as a parent. And Gwen not understanding that and Gwen trying to explain herself to him, but he doesn't. He doesn't listen uh, because we as parents don't always uh, always listen to our kids uh, from a actual understanding perspective. We look, you know, we listen from the perspective of we've been there, we've done that. But there's no way he's ever been and done what she's done because she was being a radioactive spider and he's just a police officer. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, just a great movie. Um, I had such a great time at this movie. And then the have you seen that with T movie review on our YouTube page, shameless plug. Um, I just talk about how I felt like the movie went on. It was a long movie, but at the same time, I wanted to see more. I wanted it to keep going on. I did not want it to stop. And when it ended, it ended on a cliffhanger. And I'm so ready for Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. Because I want to see how this story concludes. I really hope that they continue to make these movies because it's such a great story. Um, It's such a great story. It's such a great cast. There's so many different cameos. And there's, I mean, some cameos you would just not expect to see uh, in a Spider-Man animated movie. But it's fantastic. It is just, it was a great movie going experience. A movie going experience you need to experience by going to see it in the theaters. Uh, So definitely go check out Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It is definitely worth your time. It's definitely worth your money. Um, You're going to have a great time watching this movie. And with that being said, I already said that we are at the midway point of the year. Summer's here. It is in the 90s in El Paso already, and I'm tired of it. I'm ready for fall to come back, winter to be weird again. Um, Because it's already hot here and I know it's just about to get hotter. We haven't even hit July yet. Um, So what we're going to do now, we're just going to talk about the top 10 movies of the year so far. So this is my 2023 Midway movie review. Um, And 
before I get into that top 10 movie review, I'm just going to talk about a few movies that I've heard great things about, but I haven't watched yet uh, that are definitely on my list. And I want to watch them by the end of this month um, so I could give a movie review. I'll probably watch, you know, at least two of these movies by the end of this week um, or by the end of next week because we got Transformers. Rise of the Beast coming up next weekend. Also, my mom is flying in for my son's birthday next weekend. So uh, I would definitely drop a pod somewhere in between there. Um, but I probably won't watch all of these movies uh, this week because, you know, got family coming in and got to entertain them. And maybe we'll watch one of these movies. Maybe we'll watch 1001. Um, this movie starring Tiana Taylor. I've, I've heard nothing but great things about it. Um, I'm, it seems like a mood movie that I have to be in the mood to watch. It's a drama and I'm not always in the mood to watch heavy dramas. Uh, so hopefully I'll get to that one of these, uh, evenings where I've already had like a light day. It's really hard to get into heavy, heavy stuff after having a heavy day to catch a killer was really hard to watch. I, I it took me about four nights to watch this movie because, uh, it would, it would, get a little heavy and then I would just turn it off because I can't sleep with, you know, those heavy movies like that. Uh, I've heard uh, Skinnamarink is a horror movie that I know nothing about, uh, but every single movie review site said this is one of the best horror movies of the year, uh, one of the best horror movies of the decade, uh, which is a very big task to, to you know, throw out there. Uh, so I'll check that out. But then again, people said that about the Babadook and I've never watched that. I've, I've kind of avoided the Babadook like the plague um, for some reason. Uh, but one day I'm going to watch that movie. Uh, and one day I'm going to watch Skin Rink as well. Uh, we have Rye Lane. That's a romantic comedy uh, that, that I've heard good things about. And the last movie that I haven't seen that might be great from this year is Infinity Pool. Uh, very weird. Uh, David Cronenberg, I think, uh, wrote it. Not David Cronenberg, his son. Um, I think his name is Michael Cronenberg. Brandon Cronenberg. There you go. Brandon Cronenberg uh, directed Infinity Pool uh, starring Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård. I heard this movie is insane um, and I'm going to watch it one day. But once again, it's one of those movies I have to be in the right headspace to watch because I heard it's really trippy. Um, so. Yeah, those are some of the movies I haven't seen that could have topped this, to, uh, you know, could have been in this top 10 list, but I just haven't watched them. But they seem to be in everybody else's top 10 list. Um, but my number 10 on my list is A Knock at the Cabin, right? And think about this for a second. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie is in my top 10 list of anything, uh, not top 10 worst movie list. So that's telling you a lot, right? M. Night Shyamalan is one of the directors that I hate. Uh, I, I hate that I loved his first movie enough to have gone to see every other movie that he's made um, and just been disappointed time and time again. Um, and Knock on the Cabin was not a disappointment. It wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be this grand movie, but it was very grounded. It was very centered in one area, which really played to the strength of the movie, but at the same time kind of kept it from being immaculate it kept it from getting higher on my list i think if you would have uh if it would have moved outside of that cabin it might have 
might have reached a different space. But then again, that's not where the book went. The book was very claustrophobic. Right. Um, and and the movie at the same time, it was claustrophobic, but it was just it was appealing. And Dave Bautista was fantastic. I think he really elevated this movie to a different level with me with how great he was in the movie. Um, and every everyone just played their roles perfectly. I thought it was really well done. And it was a great movie. I, I enjoyed Knock at the Cabin a lot. Uh, definitely was worth the time of going to see. And one of M. Night Shyamalan's best movies, if not his second best movie of all times. And that's saying a lot. Um, number nine on my list is Missing. I didn't watch Missing in the theater. Uh, Missing came out right at the beginning of the year. And I, you know, I, I never watched the movie Searching. Um, and I do love the whole idea of like everything taking place uh, via a webcam, like uh, Unfriended was really good. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed both of the Unfriended movies um, and Missing was in that vein. It was in that style and it was just so totally different. Right. Mother goes missing in a week, a week in Mexico and her daughter is trying to find where she is through emails, texts, you know, video surveillance uh, photos and the twist and turn in this movie. Uh, you never see the ending coming. I never saw the ending coming, which is what elevated this movie to greatness for me was was the twist at the end, how it ended. It was totally unique um, and. Yeah, like I, I enjoyed the ending. I enjoyed the entire movie, but I loved the fact that it just went completely left when you thought it was just going to be a formulaic movie. It was not. It definitely, uh, definitely, definitely is worth your viewing. If you haven't seen it already, it is on Netflix now. Uh, and it's it's really prospering on Netflix. A lot of people are watching it and a lot of people are enjoying it. Uh, number eight on my list is Megan. Um, and I and and then I put slash Scream six and Evil Dead slash Evil Dead. This is another uh, good year for horror. Uh, I didn't want to put I didn't want to put Scream six and Evil Dead Rise on my list only because I didn't enjoy the ending of either one of those movies. Um, Megan was good all the way through. Right. Megan was a great movie. Megan was was funny. It was satirical. Um, it knew its place. It took itself as seriously as any movie about a killer doll could do. Um, and it was just great. I, I enjoyed Megan a lot. Like I thought it was a horror comedy that, that, you know, the genre needed and it just worked really well. Uh, you know, the story about a killer AI computer doll who, who just, um, wanted to protect her, her, I guess, master and then became sentient and then wanted to kill everybody. So, you know, Megan definitely did exactly what it wanted to do. It did exactly what it set out to be. It set out to be this uh, cult type of movie. And I think it's going to live on. I'm pretty sure they're going to make sequels. Uh, but yeah, I definitely enjoy Megan, but not as much as I enjoy number seven on my list plane. Right. So draw Butler is such a hit or miss guy, right? He has a movie out called, now called Kandahar, which I refuse to go see uh, because it's a knockoff of The Covenant. Uh, I feel like every year, you know, Hollywood gets that one movie or they get like uh, 
they get wind that they're making a movie about one specific subject and then they make about three three different studios make three distinctly different movies about uh the same type of scenario for some reason and Kandahar reminds me of that and Plane comes out and Plane just came out of nowhere right I saw the preview and I said oh I want to go check it out because it might be an okay movie and I left Plane pumped the fuck up like I left the movie playing, I was like, yo, that was like this really feel good, very grounded in reality, right? They didn't go for the superhero, you know, uh, Olympus is falling type of stunts. They went from what would you do if your plane went down and you were being surrounded by, uh, you know, terrorists? How would you handle this, right? We didn't have these expert marksmen. We didn't have these guys who were, who were black belts and 15 different styles of karate we had just these uh captain who you know who held his position in high regard and he wanted to save people right he wanted to get home safely but he also wanted to save the people under his charge and this movie did that well mike calter was fantastic gerard butler was fantastic everyone in the movie was fantastic it was an adrenaline ride and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I really, really had a good time at the theater watching this movie. I felt a sense of fear. I felt a sense of urgency. And that's exactly what you want to feel when you're watching the action movie, you know. And it was just a good time and I really enjoyed the movie playing. Um, number six on my list is Air. Uh, I went into Air with with high expectations right a lot of people would peg this as one of you know uh, bright spots uh in the theater this year it bombed at the theaters um why because it came out from with amazon or amazon prime made the movie so it was out on amazon i want to say like within 30 days of it coming out in the theater so why would you go pay money like me to go see it when you know it's coming out on prime um I went to pay money to go see it because I wanted to review it. I wanted to be one of the first people to review it. And it just looked like a good movie. And it really was. Um, ben Affleck and Matt Damon, whenever they get on the screen together, they work magic, right? Ben Affleck also starred in, in the worst movie of the year, Hypnotic. There's no debating that. That is the worst movie I've seen this year. That's probably the worst movie I've seen in the last 10 years, the, theatrical releases wise, you know, written and directed by a great director like Robert Rodriguez. Um, but anytime you get Ben Affleck and Matt Damon on the screen together, especially in a movie that Ben Affleck directs, um, you're going to have magic. And in air, you had magic, right? You didn't have magic. You had your highness. You had your, your, his airness. Um, you had this story about Michael Jordan, how the Jordans were manufactured. It's really not a story about Michael Jordan. Uh, it's more of a story about Michael Jordan's mom and how she got Sonny. Uh, that interview with Michael Jordan in order for him to sign with Nike and a deal that would change the trajectory of all shoes, all sneaker companies. Um, you know, if he would have signed with Adidas, would have been the same? No, it would not have. Uh, but the, the, you know, the signing with Nike, uh, the way the movie is written, you know, Chris Tucker being in the movie, he was great. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, um, you know, uh, God, I, how do I always forget these guys' names? The guy who played uh, the agent, he was fantastic in one of the funniest scenes I think I've ever seen. Like, I was laughing so hard in the theater uh, when the agent and Sonny were arguing over the phone. Just great scene. 
Um, just a good time, right? Just a good time. Air was a great movie. That was number six on my list. Number five on my list, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Now, to think that this is on my top 10 list, of, and, and I really think at the end of this year, this, this movie is still going to be up there because it was such a good time, right? Chris Pine gets a lot of grief from me. I call him the worst Chris of all the Chris's in Hollywood, uh, but he's been shutting me up silently, uh, whether he knows it or not, through just great projects that he's been acting in. in, in. Dungeons and Dragons was fantastic. It was a great cast. It was a great story. It was a fun ride, right? Is it a perfect movie? No. Did it set out to be a perfect movie? No. Did it set out to be a fun movie? Yes. Uh, did they go the route of the original Dungeons and Dragons movies? No. It, it wasn't this slow, brooding, you know, medieval quest. It was this fun, family-oriented, team-oriented romp uh, where everybody got to shine. Everybody had their moment in the sun, and it was just a good time i really i heard the movie bombed in the theater that's very very unfortunate because i would have loved to seen another movie with this crew you know doing their thing right pulling off another heist um it it was it was great i really enjoyed the movie hopefully it finds a second life on streaming hopefully it finds a its niche you know uh and and we don't have vcr sales vhs sales anymore uh, that push these movies to to cult levels and get those sequels made years later. I don't think that that'll happen because I'm pretty sure the movie lost. The movie company might have lost some money because it was a box office bomb. But uh, that's unfortunate because it was a really good movie. I enjoyed it. I really hoped uh, that this would start a new franchise. And hopefully it still does. Hopefully, you know, somebody puts a little more effort and release it at a better time during the year that that was released at the worst time you know it was, it was like sandwiched in between creed and john wick and, and that was unfortunate because it just didn't stand a chance um but yeah like dungeon and dragons was just a good time i enjoyed the movie a lot and if you haven't seen it yet, it is streaming now. I can't remember which service it's on. Um, I think it's on Amazon Prime or it could be Peacock. I think it's on Peacock. Definitely check that out uh, if you have a moment. Uh, it's definitely worth your time. It is not hokey. It is a movie filled with heart. It's a movie filled with soul. And it's just a fun adventure movie. Number four on my list, Creed Three. Um, Jonathan Majors, this should have been a year. Jonathan Majors, we should have, we should still be talking about his greatness in Creed Three. We should still be talking about his greatness in Quantumania. Uh, but that narrative has changed. But it doesn't change my my thoughts on Creed Three. I thought this was one of the the strongest Creed movies, one of the best Rocky movies. Um, it was just a great movie. Uh, Donna's Creed, uh, you know, going up against Diamond Dame in one of the best fight choreographed scenes that I've seen in a long time. I love the style that, that you know, Michael B. Jordan went with for that final fight. Um, you know, the, the, the fight with, within themselves against each other uh, was just, it was so, uh, it was so excellently done. Um, you know, I thought this was going to be my number one movie of the year. 
um, up until the point where I went and watched my number three movie, John Wick 4, right? And the fact that John Wick 4 is number three on my list says a lot, right? I love this movie. Uh, Keanu Reeves infamously had 152 speaking lines in this movie. The rest of the movie is just him kicking ass. Like, this is a frenetic movie from start to finish. It almost feels like it's being, you know, shot in real time because so much little time happens in the movie, but so much happens all at the same time. You know, he's spanning the globe, but at the same time, it feels like such a tight timeline. Uh, I always wonder, you know, when you're flying across the globe, am I the only one who gets jet lag? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, am I the only one who, who lands in a totally different continent and feels my body feels totally different? Like, is that just me? Or in the movies, does it just not matter, right? Because he's flying from location to location, from time zone to time zone, and it's all good, right? It is all good when he gets there. I don't know how he gets there so fast. You know, does, he have his own, does John Wick have his own private jet? Do they just give, you know, the pilot a gold coin and they take him from point A to point B? Probably. Uh, but John Wick 4 is just a great, great, great movie. The, the, the Dragon's Breath shotgun scene will go down in infamy as one of the greatest action sequences I've ever seen. You know, the, the fight. Uh, the the car fights and and the Champ Elysees, I think that was the Champ Elysees. Either way, uh, that that scene where you know they're fighting through traffic as cars are going the roundabout, like what a, I mean, just what a time, like what a time to watch a movie in the movie theaters. John Wick Four is out on streaming now, so if you haven't checked that out, definitely watch it. Um, it it is such a great movie, such a great movie. Not as great as my number two. Number two on my list, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Um, being an Army veteran myself, I don't know why this story um, speaks out to me as much as it does. It's so It was so well done. It was so well written. Jake Gyllenhaal gives an amazing performance. You know, and, and the story about grief and survivor's remorse, man, like, uh, and the story about the system, right? Uh, it, it It's so many layers to this movie. Um, I don't think I've ever felt more invested in an action movie or in, in action characters towards the end. I thought that this movie was going to go the other way and everybody was going to die. Like, I really did think it was going to end that way on a very somber note. Um, and I was nervous in the theater, right? Like, there was a moment where they were pinned down. And I was like, holy shit, these guys are about to die. And I think I'm going to shed a tear if they do. Like emotionally, I was so invested in these characters. You know, the story of an interpreter who who pretty much drags Jake Gyllenhaal over a thousand miles uh, to uh, from one part part of, 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 you know, the country to another on a damn cart, like a, a wooden cart. Uh, you know, going through the mountains of Afghanistan. Like, and if you've ever seen the mountains of Afghanistan, it ain't a light. That's not a light journey, right? If you ever had to trek through mountains, period, that it's not a light journey, like especially dragging a lifeless, another lifeless human being, getting them food, getting them water, getting them shelter, you know, and just and with the entire Taliban looking for him. Such a great movie. Um, 
I really thought that this was going to be my number one movie. And, and up until yesterday, this was my number one movie of the year. I'd already made my list and I said, well, maybe, maybe a movie will pop in there and, and knock this off. Nah, there's no movie that's going to knock this off until I went and saw Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That is my number one movie of the year so far. There is no such thing as recency bias in my world. Uh, if the movie's great, the movie's great, right? Anything, everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once was my number one movie from the second that I watched it last year. And it was no movie that can knock it off, even though there were great movies last year. Uh, the Covenant is a great movie. It's my favorite. It was my favorite movie until I watched uh, this animated movie yesterday. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is all of that. It's everything that the original was and then some. There's more action. There's more, you know, drama. There's more romance. There's more family. There's more connection. There's more of everything. And it's just a damn good time. It is such a good movie. Uh, everyone in this movie hits. Everyone in this movie makes sense. It's a movie that you should just watch in the theater to be in awe of because it's that, it's that great. It, it hit every emotional uh, feeling that I had in my body, and I enjoyed it so much. I really did. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, I can't gush about it enough. Uh, I said it on, on uh, the Have You Seen That with T uh, movie review on YouTube. If no other animated movie on this planet would win Best Picture, I think that this movie should be nominated. You know, I really do. I think it was that good, and I can't wait for the second one. And on that note, I will end this podcast um, with that was my number one on my top ten list of the movies so far this year. Um, next week, we got Transformers Rise of the Beast. I'm going to try to watch a few of those other movies. I think I will get Infinity Pool in 1001 uh, watched before next week. And if I don't drop a podcast, I will definitely drop a movie review on the YouTube page. Um, I would definitely do that. If I don't drop a pod next week, it's because my studio is also my guest bedroom and my mom will be here. Uh, so I might not have any studio time because my mom probably is going to be taking a nap <laughs> whenever. So uh, definitely, uh, if you don't hear from me next week, I would definitely uh, drop a pod the next the week after that. And hopefully you guys enjoy the beginning of the summer. Go check out Spider-Man into this uh, across the Spider-Verse uh, in theaters. Now it's definitely worth your time. And if you have a boogeyman review, go ahead and just drop me a message. Uh, on either Spotify, Apple Music, um, and tell me if that movie is worth my time. I don't think it is, uh, but if it is, please let me know, and maybe I'll go find some time to check it out as well and drop a movie review for that movie, The Boogeyman. Uh, but until then, definitely, if you watched The Boogeyman and haven't watched Across the Spider-Verse, shame on you, and go watch Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And on that note, I'm out. <laughs>